Hello, listeners. Jordan here. I just want to let you know that you can listen to Nighttime early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Include it with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Hello, listeners. Before we begin, I have to give one of those this episode ain't for everyone warnings. The topic we'll be discussing is not safe for work and it's inappropriate for children. But... I think even some adults may want to think twice before they proceed. If you're uncomfortable with overt sexuality, graphic descriptions of sexual intercourse, and basically uncomfortable with the idea of consenting adults letting their kinky freak flags fly, please sit this one out, because I think you'll hate it. You are tuned to the Nighttime Podcast, focused on the fringe of Canada. Since creating Nighttime back in 2015, I've done my best to deliver on a promise to highlight the fascinating yet lesser-known stories that exist on the fringes of Canadian society. The route I carved between these stories has been anything but direct, yet despite the backtracking, the detours, and the many wrong turns, we've managed to make our way past some of the country's most unique, most gruesome, and most interesting corners. But as I've made my way along this twisted route, there is a destination that's become far overdue. Now, I've mentioned this before, but when I originally launched Nighttime, I did so after making a list of 20 or 30 topics that I thought would be the first I'd cover. But that backtracking and detouring I've mentioned previously has kept me away from a few of them. But in the case of tonight's topic... It wasn't just that I hadn't gotten around to it. The delay was due to something altogether different. Keeping with the analogy I've been using, this story, more specifically this artist, has been on my list since the beginning, and it's a stop that I've been circling the entire time. I did, on few occasions, pull my show up to his figurative doorstep, but when faced with the image of a man dancing suggestively and wearing little more than a crudely painted mask of a woman's face? I guess I just didn't have the guts to unlock the door, let alone get out of the car. But my discomfort wasn't the androgyny or the graphic displays of sexuality. My fears were much more simple. To a lesser extent, I know a sizable segment of the listening audience will hate this episode. But to a much greater extent, I just simply couldn't settle on the most effective and most tasteful way to share the story. But all of this has gone on far too long, and I'm done running away. So to join me on this strange trip, I've called upon a good friend to back me up as a co-host. His name is Aaron Corbett, and he is someone that I've shared innumerable, unmentionable experiences with. See, Aaron and I spent years playing together in a rock band called Airport, and we were certainly no strangers to the weird. Given the nature of tonight's episode, I couldn't imagine bringing anyone else along with me. So let's do it. Leave your inhibitions behind, get in, and buckle up. It's time to profile an artist unlike any you've ever heard of. Tonight, in this episode of Nighttime... Our topic is the Toronto-based cult musician and artist known around the world as Tonetta. Got a really, 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 really nice cock. The kind that will make love rock. It's thick, it's long, it's well hung. It's a really, 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 really nice one. Aaron, I'm pumped to have you on the show. Yeah, I'm pumped to be here. This is great. So we have a, a unique background that will kind of fit into this particular mm-hmm. story because we're going to be talking about a musician 
you and I have, uh, I guess we'll say, worked together or played together as musicians for we have, yeah. for years in um, what I consider to be the world famous band Airport. Yeah, the the most famous band nobody's ever heard of. Yeah. So we started. What year? We started in two thousand. It was around two thousand one, maybe or something like that. Yeah. The very early two thousands. Yeah. We were a bar band, so I think like a big part of it for us was finding music that you know fit the scene like a bar scene mm. made things exciting and we kind of pursued music but more so in the context of being a bar band and playing the music publicly yeah it was we approached it uh very much like a, a performance piece not just playing songs like one thing that you would always bring to the band was all the ambient sounds that you brought and all of the experimental guitar playing that you did and just the general like soundscape that you would put together. And then I would bring the kind of front man kind of meatloaf style, <laughs> sweaty, you know, singer up front kind of, yeah. you know, yelling at the audience or engaging with the audience as much as we could. And together it kind of, it was more of a show than it was just a few guys getting together yeah. and playing songs I found. Yeah. And you have a background in place. You'd... Yeah, that's that's where I first started performing was in theater, doing plays as an actor and then as a writer and director. But uh, I always had a thing for music. I always liked singing around the house and writing little songs and stuff. And so when I was nineteen, I bought a guitar, and that's when I started playing. But uh, so it was only yeah, it was only a couple of years after that that you and I started playing yeah. together. So I guess the reason our background I think is is relevant to this. Is although I, I would never have considered what we did like the work of artists or anything, right? No. But we have a pretty good idea of you know what an artist is, mm -hmm. what makes an artist, and kind of the different levels of you know how deep into it people mm -hmm. are willing to go. Yes, yeah. It, and I kind of see the scale like to put it in kind of contemporary examples. You take someone like Nickelback. Yeah, they're not necessarily taking crazy risks, mm -hmm. but they're effective in that they're popular. They sold a bunch of albums. Yeah. yeah. You listen to Nickelback because you want to hear a standard pop rock song, but an artist is someone that you almost find a rabbit hole with, and then you crawl into it and discover something that you've never seen before. Mm -hmm. In preparing for this episode and trying to put together kind of what makes the person we're going to be talking about so important, I was kind of thinking about some of the common kind of characteristics of an, of an artist. I'm thinking for one is is the passion. Like someone who's willing to go, you know, beyond kind of the norm, walk off, you know, color outside of the line, so to speak. Mm -hmm. They're not going to do it if they're not incredibly passionate about it. Yeah. They need to be creative to even be able to get there, mm -hmm. you know, so they need to be able to take maybe um, something that a lot of people have done, but put a different spin on it and mm -hmm. just, you know, create something new. Ultimately, I think what's important is they need to have guts to take risk to do something that's, you know, ambitious where, you know, you, you need to not be able to, you need to not worry about what other people are going to think and be able to be like, you know, this is what I'm doing and here it is. I'm going to put mm -hmm. myself out there. And I think the person we're going to be talking about in this episode fits the definition of like a pure artist to the 10th degree because because what is what he's doing is something that such a niche fringe group will be interested in mm -hmm. yet he's on youtube you know a 50 to 70 year old man mm. wearing a thong and his face painted yeah talking about or singing about and dancing to the kind of things that most people would keep buried in yeah. you know the back of their mind i don't i can't think oh. of somebody more more original and unique than Tanetta. Got a really, 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 really sweet treat. It'll put your womb into heat. If you got the room, I got the meat. It's a really, 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 really sweet treat. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. We'll start by just kind of how we learned about this guy. 
there's I have kind of two origin stories with Tanetta. Mm. One is I think you you believe you told me about him. It, I knew that it was my girlfriend that told me, and then I remember being at your place in mm-hmm. Halifax in your basement <laughs> when you had that condo that time. Yeah. And your partner was there as well. And I remember apologizing that I had showed you Tanetta because she knew that this was going to become a bit of an obsession for you. Yeah. So that's what I remember. Anyway. I, I think you're right. I'm trying to remember how I learned, but I, I think it was Tanetta was mentioned on something I was listening to. It may even have been like Joe Rogan podcast mm. or something. It was like mentioned and they played a second of his song, but I think I just forgot about it. Yeah. And it wasn't until you told me about it. You were up for the weekend or something. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And that was when I realized, like, this guy's Canadian. And as we started yeah. run YouTube, we watched, like, one video. And then you see on the side all the recommended other videos. And every video we clicked was a little more out just, there. Just bizarre. It's a completely unfiltered. Yeah, that's a way to put it. Yeah, it, it's, like, completely um, from almost, like, from your subconscious or something. Yeah. Like... It, it's almost it's like, instead of like, if I, you know, holding this coffee and I wrote a song about coffee, which I'm sure Tanetta probably has at some point. I'm sure he has a bunch of coffee. Yeah. Songs. Yeah. So then I'm like, oh, you know, I love this coffee. I love the, I love the, the lid. I love the taste. I love the way it feels. Just saying all these random things that I think about coffee in a song is almost the way he approaches the sexuality in his music. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost seems at times random but also like well put together in a, in a weird it, way. And it rhymes and yeah, he has a bridge yeah. and a verse and we'll get into the, the musical side of it soon. But what do you remember? Like the first song you heard by him? Yeah, it was, it was what I considered um, the classic. Like if you're going to start with, it depends on how you want to tackle Tanetta, I guess. Yeah. Do you want to start with um, the kind of, you know, mask and the really, you know, explicit sexuality type song it's pressure zone mm-hmm. um that's the first song that was showed to me that i was like wow this is unreal like yeah. it's crazy it's bizarre it's like interesting and it's like off the wall so i was like totally the presentation of it um the mask the dancing the lo-fi kind of setup yeah. the curtains hanging in the background yeah the so, whole thing about it, the way he moved, the way he just went for it, like it was almost like so freeing, mm-hmm. which is weird because the content is so out there. I can't wait to put it in my mouth, up my crack, in my ass. I'm so horny I could choke and choke on a car tonight. So man. I think for me, I, I believe it was Pressure Zone that I first heard. Yeah. And that was really effective. It draws you in because of the look. Mm-hmm. As far as musically, the yeah. first one that I heard that really made me th- realize, like, my God, like, this guy is like, you know, the John Lennon of, I guess, my nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> was the song, it's called 81 Inch Ass. <laughs> or, or no, it's called 81 Inch Prime Ass. Right, right. And this song also has a striking video. Tanetta, in this case, doesn't have a mask on. He still has his underwear on, but he's standing in front of a wall that is just a bunch of balloons. It's like mm. birthday balloons up on the wall. And the camera, like all of his other videos, is just sitting on a tripod. And he's dancing much like he was in Pressure Zone and singing about the same sort of themes. Mm-hmm. Sex explicitly yeah but any but when i heard it like the the topic and, and the things that he's saying it just it makes you it's like a slap in the face like i've never heard anything like that i'm gonna tickle your ass with my tongue as you know i'm well hung gonna make you laugh wiggle and squirt with just one push, you'll say, ooh, that hurt. Gonna tickle your ass 
As a musician, I'm listening to the hooks, the way he's rhyming, the different segments of the song, and I was just like, man, like if you just changed some of these words and had better production, it would sound like you know a, a really good '60s rock song. Oh, and when you listen to his early stuff, that's not as sexualized as the later stuff is. Mm-hmm. They're all like songs that if you had a really great producer could take them and make them into, you know, kind of good kind of radio songs. Like his stuff kind of lands somewhere between like the Beatles, Tom Waits, Mm -hmm. um, definitely John Lennon. Like I hear John Lennon's inspiration from the Beatles. Yeah, I definitely hear the Tom Waits uh, kind of stuff. And, but yeah, it's, it's, it's the content that I always go back to. Like the, the guitar playing, I always love the guitar playing as as kind of basic as it is, I guess. But I just, I loved the um, almost playful guitar licks that were in, the, were in the music. You can tell he knows how to play guitar and he knows how to write. It's, there's multiple chords. Yeah. He's soloing on the guitar in the background mm. that he's singing over. And he, the average person would listen and not realize that aspect of it because it's, yeah. it's so... Um, his delivery and in, in the style is so overwhelming, but that's those songs. I guess eighty-one inch prime ass pressure zone mm-hmm. is probably two of his more well-known songs. Yeah, but anyone who is going to get into them, though, that would probably be a starting point to see like the most shocking, and then you would kind of go back. Yeah, from there. then you can explore the journey. Like kind of, you almost want to see the end result first. And then go back and see how it got there, mm-hmm. almost. So at this point, Aaron, we, we talked about a little bit about Tanetta. Like, I'm kind of thinking we've done, like, the crash course in Tanetta so far. So let's kind of back it up now and go through what we know about him. Mm-hmm. And I don't think either of us have researched. I'm using quotes. I've never researched Tanetta. I don't know much more about him than anyone who you know, got into his videos. And I think you're probably the same. Yeah, no, I'm in the same boat because after watching, you know, through the years, a number of of different Tanetta videos, there's not a lot of information out there about him, I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've read a few different interviews over the years. Yeah. um, Periodically, but I, I really don't know that much about him at all. Like I know, or from what I understand, he started writing after a divorce, I think, or something like that. He started putting most of this music together, mm-hmm. his earlier music, after he got divorced in the 80s. Yeah, and that's the way I understand it is, and I don't know if this is true, but what I heard is sometime after a divorce in the 80s, mm-hmm. he started writing music, recording videos, and he was giving them to people on VHS tapes. Yeah. So I don't know who he was giving them to or or, or what, but I know he was making VHS tapes. Yeah. And I think when you watch him on YouTube now, you see some of those early videos because he's you yeah. know, very young looking yeah. and they look like they're a VHS tape. But we, we know he started there and the early music has a different style. For one, it's, it's more like straightforward rock. Mm-hmm. The production of his videos, it's more like he'll he'll have like a leather jacket. Yeah, and that's um one thing that that's funny is that you 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 look back at some of the pictures of, and you maybe he has a nice mustache and he's much more uh, presentational, I guess. Yeah. Um, he looks like almost someone trying to obtain a rock career in the eighties would want to look. Yeah, like I'm gonna get a record deal. Yeah, like, and I, I should have that. a I should have a styled kind of mullet haircut, uh-huh. a mustache. Um and some of the pictures that you see of him, he's kind of posing almost like you would see like um Michael Bolton would would, would uh would pose uh-huh. or you know 
whoever kind of a famous rock star. Yeah, I've saw a few where he's kind of he looks to me like he's sort of dressed like Keith Richards would or something. And, yeah, you know, that's yeah. kind of what I thought of from Rolling Stones. But um, <coughs> in in the style of the songs, then it was more kind of straightforward rock, thinking late John Lennon stuff. The songs they they were either like love songs or more straightforward kind of rock songs. But I had not found any of his early stuff that was overtly sexual. No, no, none of the stuff that I heard. It all seems to be, like you say, I don't want to say standard love songs, but yeah, like songs just about the love between two people. And Mm -hmm. and I think some of his, there's an earlier song about a a grandmother or something, but (laughs) nothing is, nothing seems sexualized at all. I think uh, a song I'll use to kind of show what his early stuff sounds like the song Big Rig. I'll just play a second of it and this is um, this reminds me a lot of Tom Waits but this will give an idea of his earlier stuff. I'm taking a break from the human race I'm going away to meet a sunny day I'm on the band coming and a ship already running I'm humming to the tune of you What you got is what I want what you know is where I go. Who you are, I have no idea. But I gotta set a fire to keep you. I gotta set a fire to keep you. Baby, heat is on in my heart. You're the girl that warms my every desire. You're the start of something big. You got the body, baby, that I dig. The earlier stuff, he wasn't at this point known as Tinetta. His real name is, I think it's Tony Jeffrey. And I think he's always been Tony. But at some point during his career, he started wearing a mask that was painted like a woman's face. Mm-hmm. And Tonetta was like the female version of, of yeah. Tony. But... Back when he was Tony making these videos, and still today, like what I know about him is he lives in Toronto. Yeah. He, in the videos that were made in the 80s, at that point, he looked to be probably like late 40s, mid 40s, early 40s is kind of the age that I'm thinking. I know Mm. at this point, I think it's his Wikipedia says he's like 70. Yeah, I would put him definitely in his late 60s for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could easily say he's he's 70, but he's he's actually uh, in very good shape yeah. um, for, well, for someone his age. And he's always been in good shape. Like, he's, ne- he's not someone who pays for an expensive gym membership probably and, like, is professionally toned. But when you watch the videos, you, you can honestly credit him with having a, a pretty good body. Yeah. <laughs> Um, he'd probably love to hear that. Well, um, if he hears that, uh, you know, I'd like him to enjoy that compliment. <laughs> he, uh, but yeah, he's a, I guess an average looking guy from Toronto who certainly has some kind of background in music. Mm-hmm. He can play guitar. He apparently makes the recordings are really lo-fi, but apparently he does the drums, the guitar, mm-hmm. if there's bass, there's often overdubbed vocals. So he knows yeah. enough about singing to be able to harmonize with himself and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and you hear that again, like the production is so lo-fi and rough, but you still hear him trying these different, you know, musical concepts. Yeah. And I've seen pictures inside his apartment of his little setup. It's as lo-fi as, you know, a teenager in the, say the nineties will go out and maybe they, maybe they've got a four track and maybe they've got a couple of, uh, kind of low end mics and things like yeah. that. Yeah. It, it reminded me just like that, you know, kind of how someone without a lot of money would would uh, who has an interest in music but isn't, you know, completely accomplished or anything, mm-hmm. but would put together an album. Mm-hmm. One of the earlier songs as well um, that will give an idea of what his production will allow versus what his skill as a songwriter is is one of the songs early on in his career that got him attention was one called Drugs, Drugs, Drugs. Yeah. That one, I'll play a second of it. The production is hideous. Mm-hmm. It sounds awful. But if you can just kind of forget about that and just listen to the melody and what he's saying, it's like this could be a 60s like anthem. 
Or it could also be like an indie rock anthem of like, you know, of now or something like that. Oh, it's but, totally current. I saw yeah. I saw a video of this band called The Growlers. Mm-hmm. They were playing on some morning TV show. Like, I don't know which one, but say like Good Morning America or something. They were playing on the show and, and they signed when they were signing off. They're like, we'll have The Growlers, you know, sign us out. And The Growlers played Drugs, Drugs, Drugs. Did they? And it sounded absolutely current. Yeah. Yeah. But here's, it, here's Tanetta's version yeah. of Drugs, Drugs, Drugs. So this gives an idea of kind of who he, at least who he was when Tanetta first started, the style of music he was doing. I have no idea what brought him from that to what he's known for today, because somehow from, you know, the early mid 80s until he found his way to YouTube, his music changed from that style of rock to the most, you know, extremely graphic, explicit sexualized music Mm -hmm. he still keeps a lot of the same the same like sound and sound writing techniques Mm -hmm. but what once was a love song or a song about society is now just straight up a song about a penis or or just like anything you can like the most obscene kind of sexual thought Mm. i guess there's no holding back in these songs like they're as graphic as you could if you're going to write a song um, and, and say, just write me the, uh, the most sexualized um, graphic song that you can write, this is what it would be. It's I, like, well, I don't think it would be. I don't think people could come up with this. Like, well, yeah, I don't but this, think is, you... this is like, this is the benchmark that you would try to, to, re- know, yeah. to reach. Yeah. Like, this is, I've never heard songs as uh, graphic as this. Yeah. And I would, um, like, I consider myself imaginative and creative I know I couldn't get anywhere close to this be- mm-hmm. because there's some filter in my brain that would stop me from being able to think and go this far. But Tanetta, and maybe that's what makes him like magical, is the fact that that's not there, and he pushes it right to the you know oh, to the limit. I've never seen anything like, and that was that's why the first video. And again, it's I, I go back to Pressure Zone. That's why when I watched that for the first time. It just grabs you for that reason because it's like, wow, like he's doing it. He's doing, yeah. That's he's not afraid to be doing this. He's not afraid, and there's something so liberating about that, and so awesome to watch someone who, you know that that this is this is what who they are, and this is yeah. they're they're loving it. It's it's completely genuine, mm-hmm. like because he's not. There, you would never be able to get to that point if you weren't sincere about it, or if you had a job. And you, <laughs> yeah, or that had like a code of conduct you, or something. Yeah, yeah. If you had um, any kind of life outside of that, yeah, where um, you know that type of content w- would get you in trouble. Yeah, there's no way you could you could post content like that. Yeah, uh, and be able to uh, kind of survive in the real world. I guess. Yeah, and that's that's another aspect to it. It's like when you hear of you know the most extreme artists of whatever their craft is van Gogh or mozart or something these are people who were like locked away mm-hmm. living with their art yeah and society and the world was kind of this outside thing outside of the art they were creating mm-hmm. tanetta has like instead of you know mozart i picture being like in this big castle like playing music somewhere mm-hmm. tanetta instead is in like uh what appears to be a pretty rundown apartment in toronto Surrounded yeah. by paintings of anything you can imagine. Some are paintings of male and female anatomy, I'll put mm. it. Some are pa- just your classic painting of a woman's face. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a, all across the board. And that's what's interesting is he he does a lot of that, those paintings. Yeah. And um, 
you know, he uses all different types of materials to 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 to, to work with. I'll yeah. say. Uh, well, I'll, I'll leave it at that. I yeah, guess. Uh, he sells his paintings online, mm-hmm. and one series he sold was. I, it appears to be he would take a blank canvas mm-hmm. and cover his genitals in paint. Yeah. And just lay his genitals on the painting and on the canvas, and he was selling that. Yeah. I've also yeah. seen him selling successfully toenails and fingernails. Yeah, and one of the paintings uh, I saw online was um, with his own feces. Oh, was it? Yeah, that's what I was alluding to earlier. Okay. But I thought I could probably just directly no, say. No, I, I, I didn't see that painting. Yeah, he was showing it in an interview, and it was like... Um, I can't remember what it was of. Probably a penis, but <laughs> you're going on a limb. <laughs> yeah, I'm just if I had to take a wild stab at it. Um, it was genitals, but um, yeah, and he was just casually like, yeah, and this is my, I use my own feces, and that's what you're seeing there. And it's again, it's 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 an approach to this art where he's just like, yeah, wouldn't it be great if I did that? Yeah, and then he just does it. Yeah, he um. As far as putting himself out there, like we just talked about the documentary, a documentary mm. and him on social media, that's all pretty current, like that, that he's been doing, you know, the social media internet stuff Yeah, and his results have been mixed. Like he started on YouTube and it seems that since even the time me and you sat down and watched his videos that night, that was probably seven or eight years ago. Yeah. But since then he's probably gone through 50 channels because YouTube will shut him down. Yeah. And cause he, he pushes the limits of nudity content. Mm. They'll shut him down. He'll be back with a new account putting out, this guy's prolific. He'll, he'll do 10 ep- 10 new songs and videos a week. Of yeah. Him standing in front of a tripod, you know, dancing to his new song. Yeah. And that's what blows me away about him is the amount of content he can produce. Mm-hmm. And that's why when you go on YouTube, you'll see a lot of other people posting his videos. Mm-hmm. So when you're seeing videos from him, it's not necessarily from his account, which has been, you know, open and shut down a million times. Yeah. It's other people who are posting um, old. his old videos of his yeah. that they have. Yeah, and he he's left like kind of fingerprints all across the internet because mm. he's released so many songs that have been taken and put not put on blogs or reposted somewhere or whatnot. But it seems like right now the only spot he's really active is Facebook. He has yeah. the same problem with Facebook as he's getting his account shut down yeah. and report it and. He's putting some really, like some pretty obscene stuff on there, but mm-hmm. his most recent Facebook account is, um, he has a collection of old videos and I went through it last night. There's mm. a bunch of his old videos. There's a lot of things that he's selling, like paintings, toenail clippings, uh, mm. masks that he paints, but he's still, you know, on there on social media, but he doesn't appear to put himself out there publicly beyond that. As far as I know, he's never once performed live, like at in front. Not of Not that audience. I know of, um, but I mean, it, it's possible he might have. But what makes I think Tanetta still to this day great is because when you see someone kind of blow up on YouTube or um, get discovered on YouTube, there's a marketability to them. You can take them and then you can sell them through the regular kind of mass media yeah. channels. You can't do that with Tanetta. He's untouchable. Yeah. So he stays underground because his content is so extreme mm-hmm. that no company can 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 touch him. You yeah. know, like they can't do anything with him, so he's so he stays there. Yeah. Yeah. Well he's also notoriously difficult to deal with and work mm. with. And I don't know if if it's if it's him or if it's the other people that are difficult, but it seems like he's had multiple kind of battles with different people who are trying to get involved with him. Him accusing people of stealing or trying to take advantage of him. Yeah. He for for when he was first discovered, when he first landed on YouTube, some company started took a bunch of his songs and they were releasing them as albums. Mm-hmm. And after two or three albums came out of Tanetta, like collection of old Tanetta songs. I don't know if it if it landed in court or what, but it basically got shut down. And yeah. I think he, after that, was pretty gun shy about getting involved with like money, like the financial yeah, side of the yeah. music business. But I think someone like someone to go as far into it as he is and get that deep. Mm. It's it's just it's not the kind of thing that. You could clean it up and no, sell it. No, no, you can't. Like, and that's probably why you don't see a lot of 
just general media about him, right? Other than what he kind of controls. Mm -hmm. Because how do you, what media companies really want to cover someone that's kind of, you know, kind of in that ballpark, I guess. Yeah. You know, like a a mainstream magazine is not really going to want to have Tanetta on the cover. Well, I guess, you know, a part of the beauty of YouTube is the fact that someone like Tanetta, a creator like that, can put their work out there. Yeah. He's, if you go through, like I've been watching his YouTube videos pretty religiously Mm -hmm. for a long time now. And he doesn't just do music. He does like a tour of his apartment. Yeah, yeah. Or he he did recipes and it was like the most, like, it'd be this beat up old pan and he'd be like frying just some gross thing in it. And (laughs) and it was just like, it's hard. And then there was one period of time they were doing construction work outside of his building. And he really didn't like it. And for maybe a month, he was making these videos of him just arguing with the construction workers. Yeah. But it's like if you had everything he filmed, and I'm sure he has a ton of stuff stored in his apartment, mm-hmm. there'd be so much amazing stuff that you could probably go through and put together a documentary that would just blow people's minds. Oh, yeah. But I don't think it would ever happen because I couldn't imagine someone being able to collaborate with him to tell no, his story. No, no. That's probably why the only documentary I did see about him is 18 minutes long. Yeah, they're probably like, all right, we're just going like, to wrap this up. I'm sure they, they probably got thrown out of his apartment or something, or yeah. he screamed at them to, yeah. to get out or something. Like, yeah, I guess it'll be a short film. Yeah, I only have <laughs> uh, 19 minutes of footage. So. Yeah, but I think people, I think we're lucky to have found him to get mm. a glimpse at what's possible as far as going the distance. Yeah, you know? yeah. I'm inviting cocks all around the globe. To come, to come, and never go always in and never out. Shout it loud, shout it loud. Cocks will conquer, conks will unite. Cocks will buck and fuck all night. Cocks will stand one side, one shoot at the count of ten. One, two, three, four, five. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Come on, come on. You got sperm to send the air. What we should do is maybe talk through some things that that would be interesting to know and maybe shed light on. Because I would like to know more about who he is, how he ended up here. Because I almost mm. feel like we're watching just little glimpses at different parts of his, like, his story. Yeah. But we have no context to put it in. So I think if I had the chance to pick his brain or basically go through some questioning with Tanetta, or if I ran into him at a coffee shop, the number one thing I'd want to know is just how did it start? Like what got the ball rolling? Yeah. It appears from what I know that just one day he started making videos. And by making videos, I mean recording songs and filming himself mm. singing it. I think it'd be cool to just get an idea of where where this started. Was it just some, you know, the equivalent of like, I want to be a, you know, a public speaker. I'm going to go in the bathroom and talk to in, to myself in the mirror. Was it like his musical version of that or something? Yeah, I don't know. Um, and yeah, I have so many questions about early Tanetta. I really want to know a lot more about the, the story leading up from, you know, when he was young into this marriage because one thing I, I kind of knew about him was that he says that that's the only relationship he's really had huh. was this one marriage that he had. So I would really like to know about, you know, his obviously his childhood and then kind of leading into this marriage and what the marriage was like, I guess. Yeah, because the Tanetta that we know doesn't seem like marriage material. No, I'm, and when you look at those older pictures, I can totally picture him being married in the eighties with the family portrait up, up on the, up above the, the fireplace. Yeah. And I can picture all of a sudden, all of that shattering. And then what we know Tanetta as now just emerges from the fire. <laughs> and I guess something that I've, I'm always been curious about is I've always been kind of amused by his musical skill. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if, you know, when he was married and into childhood, like, did he play, you know, bands growing up? Like, yeah. he, it's not the kind of thing where he just picked up a guitar and was like, oh, let's make a crazy song. It's mm-hmm. like he's playing stuff. Like, I'm sure he he may not have taken music lessons, but yeah. he spent a lot of time. Yeah, you would never put him, you know, um, hey, play in this orchestra because you're so musically gifted in a mm-hmm. technical sense. Mm-hmm. 
But he obviously uh, knows music. He obviously plays guitar very well, well enough to 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 produce this and, and to play on these songs and um, and all the other instruments he kind of puts together, like uh, you know, through the recording process. He he obviously knows a lot about music in yeah. general. But what would be interesting to hear from Tanetta is how the modern day Tanetta that we know or Tony Jeffrey, or whatever you want to call him. I call him Tanetta, because that's how I know him. That's, that's, yeah, that's all I know. Yeah, but what I would like to know is how that Tanetta today fits into the world. Like, I know he lives in an apartment. So is is there someone who's well, like, the guy in the apartment next door sings and dances? Yeah, constantly. All, like, he's... <laughs> he doesn't stop. Yeah, and like, there must be the most bizarre noises coming out of this guy's apartment. I would say the building he lives in is filled with a bunch of Tanettas. Maybe similar people who are also, you know, J- pursuing, pursuing really, uh, really uh, you know, brilliant and, and artistic, but uh, off the wall type of uh, ventures. Um, it would be cool to know if he works, although and by works, I mean, works in actual like. A well, that's job. my that's one of the things I'm really curious about, because when you think about the amount of actual time it would take to produce the content he's doing as low fi as it is, it still takes a lot of hours for mm-hmm. each 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 video he posts, mm. he can't be working a full time job. Uh, you know, on top of that, he's also past the age of he would normally retire as well. Yeah, and based on the look of his apartment and stuff, he it does doesn't not seem have a lot like of money, he doesn't know. have a lot of money. And also, like, could you imagine Tanetta? Like, if you if you knew what he does in his spare time, mm-hmm. like, I just can't imagine him fitting in well. In most jobs. No, I picture him, and this is just a kind of uh, way I picture it, but maybe on a social assistance type thing, Mm -hmm. living in an apartment that's been kind of run down for a while because it's the only thing he can afford. And and he still has all that gear that he uses today. You can tell he's had since probably the late 80s, early 90s. We're talking cassette recorders and like really basics. The guitars he's, he's playing are really cheap. You know, $60 yeah. at a pawn shop, maybe, you know, that sort of thing. And yeah, like his pop filter is not, you know, a nice $30 pop filter. It's a sponge taped to his microphone. Yeah, like taped. And, yeah, yeah. And even his, like, we didn't really get a lot into his videos, but every video he has a different look and style and a different mm. costume. But some of it is like stuff from the dollar store. That's... It's funny you mention that because um, the skirts that he wears typically are found umbrellas. Really? He finds umbrellas on the street, and then he cuts them out, and then he just wraps them around himself as a skirt. Where did you learn that? From the documentary I saw. Okay, he said that. Yeah, no, he was he was literally holding up um, one that he had just made. He's like, yeah, it's, he's like, most of my skirts are, are these umbrellas I find on the street. Wow. And, it, and I don't know what kind of neighborhood he's in where there's umbrellas often to be found lying about. I've never seen an unguarded umbrella on the street maybe it goes out after storms i see them all the time oh do you really? yeah, like a windstorm like or when there's wind and rain in halifax an umbrella is useless because there's too much mm, wind. yeah because it's it's all over the place. yeah so if you if you're like trying to use an umbrella in halifax there's a really good mm. chance it's just gonna break and you people just throw it in a trash can or something oh, okay so yeah i could see after a rain if you walk through downtown toronto there's probably a bunch of umbrellas thrown around well and to be honest the reason i probably don't see a lot of umbrellas is that um, where car. we live in Sydney, Nova Scotia, there's not a lot of umbrella users. People just walk in the rain without an umbrella. And I think Tanetta would get a big kick over the fact that we've kind of sidetracked and are only talking about umbrellas right now. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably loving that. Yeah, but regardless, um, when someone was like, when I thought about covering Tanetta on the show, I thought like I wanted to do it in a way that it doesn't come across as, you know, making light of. You can because you it's easy to find humor mm-hmm. and ridicule in what he's doing, but I wanted to make sure what we talked about more so was his value as an artist, right? And myself, like when I think of like my favorite artists, I'm thinking of like the filmmaker David Lynch, let's say mm. he's a filmmaker who does in film a lot of the things that Tanetta does. He David yeah. Lynch goes so far, most people don't get it. But the people who do get it realize like how special he is. Yeah, yeah. And and I think Tanetta, although his music doesn't speak to me, like I don't consider myself this overtly sexual person or something. Right. What speaks to me is 
him as a person pursuing it like a shooting star. It's just this, it's like, it's too strange to be real, yeah. but, but you can't look away. Well, when, especially the first video you watch, you're right. You do kind of laugh at first. You're like, wow, like, what is this? You know, but then as you start to get deeper and watch video after video, you can actually find what what, what you say is a great artist, you know, that, yeah. that's, that's telling just bizarre stories to say, although it's not necessarily my style, mm -hmm. I'm so glad that he found his way to share his music and his yeah. art with the world. And people like him, I think like deserve to have found an audience and deserve encouragement. Oh, absolutely. To the ability to have no fear in what you're doing. Like there is not a layer of hesitation or fear in what he does. And when you actually open yourself up like that and just strange and wonderful things start pouring out, uh -huh. if you completely let yourself go. And Tanetta is one of those people that when he produces a song and does a video or paints a painting, he is completely letting himself go and, and putting himself out there as, as raw as it can possibly be. And that's what's so amazing when you watch Tanetta. If you're still listening, thank you. I get that not everyone is able to appreciate a pure artist like the one we've discussed tonight. I don't know if you feel the same way as me, but my eyes well up when I think of a world in which creatives had the ability to pursue their visions to the length that Tanetta has. Now, if you're still with me, I'll assume you've enjoyed what you've heard so far, and perhaps you want a little more. If so, I got some wild news for you. Let me back it up a bit and I'll explain. I've mentioned at the beginning of this episode that I had hoped to cover Tanetta's story for some time, but that I couldn't find the best way to do it. Well, that's the truth. I've always thought I'd only want to cover this story with him involved in some way. However, after trying to contact him several times, I'd just never been successful in reaching him. You heard Aaron and I talk about the maze of suspended and or abandoned accounts Tanetta has left scattered across the internet. Well, it's tricky to tell which are active, which are inactive, and which are fan-type accounts. I had sent several messages to some of these accounts, hoping that I could get in touch with them and that perhaps he'd agree to meet with me when I was in Toronto for the nighttime live event this summer. But I didn't hear back. It was at that point that I made the decision to find a way to cover the story without Tanetta's involvement. And that's what you just heard. My friend Aaron and I, both Tanetta fans, simply talking about the artist. But just after recording our conversation, I was witness to and beneficiary of a podcast miracle. One of those, hey, are you actually Tanetta messages I sent earlier this year? received a response. The message was basically to the effect of, I don't use this account anymore. Write to me on this other account. And from there, the messages that we exchanged could be an episode all on their own. But I'll leave that for the Nightcap post-show. The important part is, in the end, the episode you just heard was demoted from covering of Tanetta to simply being an introduction to my coverage of Tanetta. If you dug this episode, you won't want to miss the next one. Hello, fans. I'm being interviewed tonight at 10 o'clock. So that phone over there should ring pretty soon. It's an interview from Halifax, Nova Scotia. Come on, phone. Start ringing. Notice it's a landline. I don't believe in cell phones. They're too tinny and too shitty. Besides, you get cancer of the brain when it's too close to the ear. There it is. Hello? Are you using a cell phone? 
Well, I can still hear you. Like, like I said, the reason why I wanted you to call late is because it's quiet now in the building. You know, there's no banging, no trucks, no, you know. With that, we'll conclude this episode of Nighttime. I want to give a big thank you to Tonetta for simply existing. You make the world a much more interesting place. If any of you listening are interested in supporting Tonetta, you may want to purchase some of his music. I've added a link to his band camp. As well, I encourage you to check out some of his videos. Just don't Google him at work or in front of kids or at a public library. Next, a big thank you to my partner in music, Friendship and the Weird, Aaron Corbett. If you want to hear any of the music Aaron and I made together, I've added a link to our band Airport's only professional recording in the show notes. As well, Aaron has an audio drama podcast called Your Three Stories that fans of the genre should check out. And of course, the biggest thanks of all goes out to everyone listening. Without you, I'd have no excuse to spend so much of my time putting this show together. For anyone who wants more nighttime, please consider supporting my Patreon campaign. For a dollar a month, you can access the ad-free premium feed, which provides early releases of the episodes. And then, for a couple dollars more, you can access the Nightcap After Show, in which I and a guest climb a bit further down the rabbit holes than what you'll hear here. You can join my Patreon and access the supporter content by visiting patreon.com slash nighttimepodcast. And with that said, I'd like to thank the current patrons of the show and welcome some new members to the group. Mark, Christian, and Sarah Kay, I appreciate your support of Nighttime. And for anyone else out there who wants to support the show but can't help financially, you can give me a big hand by telling your friends about me and leaving a positive review on Apple Podcasts or whichever equivalent you use. If any of you listening want to stay up to date with my activities on and off the show, follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I use the handle at NighttimePod. If you have any story ideas or want to give feedback on the show, I'd love to hear from you at NighttimePodcast at gmail.com. And until next time, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and listen to Tonella. The Nighttime Podcast is written, hosted, and produced by Jordan Bonaparte. Copyright Jordan Bonaparte. Um, the makeup I'm using right now, I found it on Halloween night. It was in the washroom, some yellow, some green. Uh, it was just left, left there by, who knows, maybe an alien. Anyways, ta-ta for now. This is Tonetta, and I'll keep on entertaining until I am dead. Or simply can't function anymore. Bye for now, fans. And remember, I love most of you.